Amen. Again, it is always a pleasure to stand before you all to bring another message from God's Word. We're thankful for all your presence today and for the brothers who helped carry out our services. Thank you all so much. And just again, just thanks to God for us being here. When you study the Bible, and we realize when we read about people who were actually real people, people who lived during a time where they were able to see the miraculous, some even able to see the Christ, and all these things give us a more give us more insight into the mind of these people. And there's a particular person I want us to look at today, a name that is mentioned five times only in Scripture, and I want you to notice how this man was able to do well, I shouldn't. I don't want to say do so much, but I just want you to notice how the word of God worked upon him and how his interaction with Christ was very beneficial to him in his life. And that man's name is Nicodemus. Nicodemus is one, as we read in John chapter 3 and verse number 1, there was a man named of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This interaction with Jesus and Nicodemus is one that is noteworthy to, to, to just to go into and to study because I want us to see how he's going to progress. And if I had to title this sermon, I would title this sermon, Look at Nicodemus. And I want us to do exactly that thing. First off, I want you to notice what Nicodemus acknowledges about Jesus. He acknowledges the fact that Jesus is the one who has all power. He acknowledges the fact that Jesus is one who is sent from God. And I want you to notice the way that Nicodemus comes to Jesus. He comes to Jesus at night. Now, it doesn't give us a reason why he did it, but I just want you to follow me from here and just see where we go with this. Now, there are many people who speculate he did it because he didn't want to be seen or whatever the case may be. We know that Nicodemus attempts to come or he comes to Jesus at night asking him these questions. Now, I want you to think about it. Who is Nicodemus? It said that he was one. He was one of the chief Pharisees. He was a ruler. So he was one who was in a prominent position. He was one who people went to for information. But I want you to notice who he is turning to for his information. So it is important that we always realize that it's the teachings of Christ that should guide us. Even this man who was not baptized into Christ, even this man who had not obeyed the gospel, at this time is, this, this time is not even come yet, this man who was familiar with him acknowledges the fact that the teachings of Christ were right. So the same thing should be said about us today when we look at what thus said the Lord. The teachings of Christ are right, and it's his teachings that are going to get us to where we need to go. And so this man, Nicodemus, who has all this knowledge, who is a ruler, has found his way to the master teacher. Notice he says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Notice the teaching that he's going to put on him. He says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, 
in Nicodemus' mind, when he hears that phrase, be born again, he's thinking of a physical birth. Notice how Nicodemus automatically assumes from his worldly wisdom that he knows what Christ is talking about. He comes to him and says, how can a man be born again? Can he enter into the womb a second time? Now, we do know the answer to that question already. Nobody's going to enter back into their mother's womb and come out again and be born again. So he gives him a new teaching, something that he has not heard and something that he has not done. What is that he says? He says, verily, verily, in verse number five, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Jesus then also says, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The teaching is very important. Now, when it comes to the teachings of Christ today, how are we to handle the teachings of Christ today? What he says still goes. Jesus still has all authority, still has all power. It is by the fact that who Christ is and what he has done for us that we have to continue to keep him at the forefronts of our minds. And so when we look at a man like Nicodemus, one who should have known these things, or one who was as a ruler, he had been taught something of the past, but now he has new teachings. And you know what this also tells me about the teachings that Nicodemus had? He couldn't use his own worldly wisdom. If he was going to learn something new, he had to do it the way that Christ said. Look at Nicodemus learning something new and something that he's going to have to implement. The same thing is true with us. And it's, it's funny when you talk with people who have not obeyed the gospel or even sometimes people who are inside the Lord's church. They want to make new rules and make new things. But the matter has already been spoken of. Jesus has already told us what we must do. With Jesus being the master teacher, I have to continue to focus on what he has said to do in order for me to be pleasing in his sight. Remember, it was God himself said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. It is God who made sure that he would be able to have all authority and all power. I want you to go a little bit further with this teaching that Nicodemus just received and see how far he takes it. Verse number nine says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Notice Jesus puts the ball back in his court. He says, Nicodemus, you gonna ask me how can these things be? But aren't you a master of all Israel? Don't you know these things already, Nicodemus? You know what? Jesus kind of got onto him for that moment to say you're in a position to teach. You're in a position of power and you don't know these things, Nicodemus. Let you know that there was one who was greater than the whole system that Nicodemus had come from. And that system of what they were teaching, that priesthood, those Pharisees, because they were people who were very, very into what they were into to the exclusion of saying nobody was like them. But now you have one who's standing before you that's greater with a teaching you have never heard of. So what do you think Nicodemus is going to do with this new teaching that he's never heard of? You know what? He's going to cast it away, right? Or he's going to say, you know what? That sounds good. I'm going to follow that. Or he's going to say, I want to hear more of the matter. You know, the same thing happens when we read in the book of Acts chapter 17. As Paul spoke to those on Mars Hill, you had some who obeyed the gospel. When they heard this new teaching, you had some that said they wanted to hear more on the matter. And then you had some who said, you know what? I just wanted to hear it. Sounds good. I'm done with it. It should never be the case 
when one is taught this this when one is taught the gospel that they should just hear it and say that's just wrong. I don't want to have anything to do with it. People don't take time to study and take the teachings with them like they're supposed to. And they wonder why things are not going right. If we don't follow what God has said to do, we can't expect to be blessed. So look at Nicodemus as he's listening. He's taking it all in. He's not cast judgment before Christ, even though Christ has told him you're a master and you don't know these things. Christ is in a teaching mode of teaching him what he must do. This says a lot about our Lord and Savior, about the patience he had with people. We have to be patient when we talk to people about this word. And again, this morning we did a, we had a great class about sin and salvation. And it is important to realize that even though we have to be tactful and take our time with people, people don't know how long they're going to be here. That's why we as Christians have to take advantage of every opportunity to teach people the word. Because it is important where one spends their soul for, for an eternity. And so Nicodemus, as he hears these things and Jesus is talking to him, he asks, how can these things be? Jesus goes further to explain to him how these things can be. Verse number 11, he says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. If ye have told if, if I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Oh, Jesus lays it all out for him. How shall you believe if, if I, I'm telling you these things, but you don't want to follow? Now, could you imagine the mindset of Nicodemus? Could you imagine what Nicodemus is going to go through after hearing these words? Because when Jesus puts the ball in his court, guess what? It's left up for him to make the next move. This morning we had a discussion and a phrase was said when it comes to faith. Faith still means there's something you have to do on your part. And I want you to look at what happens with Nicodemus because this is for this moment right here. After this, it goes into John 3:16, where God said, "What Jesus says for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." And now we see Nicodemus no more. Now, question: When someone tells you something that you've never heard, or or even reflect back to the time when you had not obeyed the gospel, and somebody brought you that message of the gospel and told you that you weren't saved, how did you feel? Were you mad? Were you sad? Did you did you immediately pull out your Bibles and no, I know I'm saved by X, Y, and Z? What did you do? With Nicodemus, I want to show you what happens with him. And look at Nicodemus. Nicodemus was taught by Jesus, given direct instructions from Jesus. And I want you to see what he does with it after he has been taught the teachings from Jesus. Now, the next time we see Nicodemus name again, follow me to act. I mean, to John chapter seven. John chapter seven. Jesus, again, after he has been disputing with the people, after Jesus has been teaching, he's in um, he's in Galilee. He's in a position where he's going to be around a crowd of people. The people now seek to do Jesus harm. Because of his teachings. You mean the teachers that he had taught Nicodemus? You mean the teachers that he continued to teach all others as he went through all these different areas and all these different regions? Yes, that same teaching. Because Jesus taught as one who had authority. And now 
he finds himself in the midst of people again. And I want to paint the picture for you to let you see how now Nicodemus went from hearing this doctrine, meeting him at the nighttime to now seeing Nicodemus as one who's going to stand up for Jesus. Now, he doesn't outright say I'm going to stand here for Christ, but he's going to ask a question to the people. Now, I want you to want to paint this picture for you first. When we notice for, um, John chapter seven and verse number thirty five, then said the Jews among themselves, whether will we go? Will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this that he said, ye shall seek me and shall not find me. And where I am, thither ye cannot come. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Can you imagine being in this crowd and you have these Pharisees who are already mad at Jesus because they're puffed up, they're mighty, and to hear him teach this to a crowd of people. Their fear is with Jesus. So instead of going to just learn from Jesus to hear more, what do they do? Oh, they want to seek an occasion to put hands on Jesus. They want him removed because of what he's teaching. You know, people don't like when you mess up their money or their influence, right? If you're doing anything that's going to pull people away from, from them or you're going to hit the pocketbook, guess what, man? They don't like that. And that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was showing them a new way. And then notice what he says in verse number 39. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard these sayings, said of a truth, this is a prophet. Others said this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Notice you have the division among the people about the teachings of Christ and who he is and what he was doing, because they're saying, can anything good come from this way? Can anything good come? Some say he's a prophet. Some says he's this. And they had all these different ideas. And now the people are talking more and more about Christ. Notice how his fame and his and his his teachings and those things continue to spread on, on and on. And now you say, well, Brother Ford, where's Nicodemus and all this? Just wait a minute. We got to paint this picture first because I want you to see the whole story when it comes to Nicodemus and what he says and how he stands for the Christ. Drop down to verse number 43. It says, so there was a there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said unto them, why have ye not brought him? The officers answered, never man spake like this. Then answered them, the Pharisees, are ye also deceived? Have, have any of the rulers of our Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus said unto them, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth thou law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth. Notice, Nicodemus stands up. This Nicodemus, and the Bible is clear which Nicodemus this is, this is, the one who came to Jesus by night, the one who was taught the doctrine of what Jesus said. So without a doubt, the words of Jesus, he planted the seed and they continue to work in Nicodemus's mind. Because now you have this same Nicodemus who is, came at night, but now in the daytime is standing for Jesus to say, does our law do this? Are we going to condemn this man 
before he's done something, that's not what the law does. The division among the people lets you know that Christ was real with what he taught. It lets you know that he was powerful with the message that he brought. And it lets you also know that he had made an impact on the people if they were already having this much division among themselves. So Nicodemus being a ruler, not one just a little man on little man on the on the on the force, he was one who was a part of the the whole of the, the council of the Pharisees. And he says, We can't do this. Our law doesn't condemn a man before he does anything. Now, we would love to think the fact that the law won't won't make an innocent man be guilty off, off the back, will he? You know, sometimes you, you get where in these days you're guilty in the court of public opinion before you even go to regular court. So can you imagine if Jesus was living today? He sure enough would have been guilty already before before anything was done. They would have they would have they would have they would have crucified him already before he even got to gog off the hill. But that's an add on for nothing. But look at Nicodemus as he stands up for Christ. Now, you went from a man who was meeting at night. Who's supposed to be a master, supposed to be a teacher, supposed to know these things. And now he's meeting with the rest of the mob. And now he's saying, hey, does thou law judge any man, anyone, notice, before I hear him and know what he doeth? What does that say about Nicodemus? Again, he had to be affected by the teachings of Christ for him to do that. You know what that teaches me about the teachings of Christ? The word is powerful and able to change one. So you have Nicodemus who is searching for truth. He's searching for answers. He receives a new doctrine. And now he's still he's still mulling it over in his mind. He's still figuring out what he's going to do. But he exercises his he's exercises the little bit of confidence that he has in Christ at this moment. And notice what it does. Verse number 52 says, they answered and said unto him, art thou also of Galilee? Search and look for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went into his own house. Notice they flip it back upon on him because now since they don't have any evidence, you know what they have to do? They have to attack his character. You know, it's funny. This is a side note. When people don't have anything bad to say about you or about what you're doing or as far as what you're doing for the Lord, you know who they're going to attack? Your character. They'll talk bad about you. They'll say, "Oh, well, he ain't number the old crook, no way." But what he preaching? Well, he, he, he ain't preaching nothing false, but he he old crook. You know, it's funny how they went to they resulted to this manner because they had no evidence against Christ to try to put him away or to do him harm. Nicodemus was the decision maker, or was the one who brought the news of this law and saying, "What has he done?" Does our law do this? Nicodemus, again, one who stood for Christ, and he and he wasn't even a follower at this time. Because, you know, the Bible tells us in John chapter 12 that there were some who saw Christ do the miracles. But it said they refused to follow him or believe on it. Why? Because they were afraid they were going to lose being among the people. They were going to lose respect among the people. So they stopped following Christ. But not Nicodemus. Boy, look at that. Look at Nicodemus go from receiving a new teaching to now standing for Christ. Now, I want you to notice the third time 
that we see Nicodemus. John chapter 17. John chapter 19, I'm sorry. John chapter 19. You know, when you read John chapter 19, we read the fact about Jesus going before Pilate. Jesus, Pilate washes his hands with the situation. Jesus is crucified. They write a title and put it on his cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. The title that they put on where he was, where he was buried. And after all these things, when you go from chapter 1 to chapter 19, after seeing Nicodemus two times and seeing how Nicodemus has progressed, after Nicodemus is still in that same council, Nicodemus is still regarded as a teacher, a master. He's one of the Pharisees of Pharisees. He is one of the big dogs, as we would say. But I want you to notice what happens after Jesus has been crucified and after he is put where he's going to be. Notice in verse number 38, John chapter 19 and verse number 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also, look at this, Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it up in linen clothes with the spices and the manner of the Jews is to, as the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Notice how this man, Nicodemus, who starts off mean by day, now he goes and put himself out there for people to see him actually doing something for the Christ. He goes before Pilate with Joseph of Arimathea, Pilate, the governor, who's somebody who is a, a big wig, who's in charge. Now look at Nicodemus wants to do the right thing by the Christ who had gave him that teaching. Nicodemus exercised his belief in him. But again, let me be clear. The scriptures don't say that Nicodemus followed Christ. But I just want you to see the leading up of Nicodemus to see what he did. And to see how even though he was afraid from the beginning, but he was able to change and look where it led him. The same thing can happen for those in the world today. I wish every convert or every person who I studied the Bible with or talked with about the Bible, I wish that they had the mindset of Nicodemus to at least be willing to hear the doctrine first. To at least say, hey, when you've heard the doctrine to see that it's true, that you will say, hey, let's be fair with what's being taught. And then to exercise your faith before others to show that you don't care what the world thinks. You know, a lot of us today who are Christians can learn from Nicodemus about exercising our faith, taking the teachings that we have received from Christ, standing up for Christ and then not being afraid to show it to people. We can't just be a Christian on Sundays. We have to be one every day of the week. We have to continue to stand tall on God's word. Nicodemus could have risked, he risked it all coming out here, being a part with Joseph of Arimathea, 
Because if you notice what it said, Joseph of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the Jew, for the fear of the Jews, being sought Pilate that he might take away his body. He was doing this thing secretly, but in front of the governor so that he could see that, hey, this man made an impact on my life, too. So, Brother Ford, why, why even bring this up today? Why even look at somebody like Nicodemus? He, he wasn't a Christian. He didn't obey the gospel. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. But you know what? Nicodemus has all the makings to good soul. My job, your job, all of our jobs as children of God is to plant the seed. If I look at Nicodemus, I look at Nicodemus and I say, that's good soil right there. If I start with him, if I start, if I start cultivating that good soul, start planting the seeds right there for Nicodemus, guess what? This man can be a faithful child of God one day. For the people who have that same mindset and that same heart like Nicodemus today, it could be great soil for us. So where do we go from here? Where do we focus? Where do we what, 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 what's the big takeaway, I should say, from this sermon and from studying Nicodemus? Whatever God has taught, that's what we abide by. No adding to it, no taking away from the word of God. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 and 6, and also Revelation 22 and verses number 18 and 19 lets us know that we should not add to nor take away from the word of God. Studying about Nicodemus lets me know that everybody is not going to be on the same level spiritually. Nicodemus was thinking physically when he said be born again. He was thinking what he knew from birth, what he knows about birth, I should say. Coming out of the womb, coming out, and then a child is born. But he says you must be born of water and of the spirit. That's why one must be baptized for the remission of sins today. Baptism is essential. We must continue to press and preach that, that baptism is essential. Then also the fact that what we learn from Nicodemus is the fact that, again, people have been taught certain things, but they may not know the whole of the matter. You know, I'm reminded of when Priscilla and Aquila approached a man and had to pull him to the side and teach him the words of God more excellently. They had to get him corrected on what he was teaching because he was not teaching correctly. And when people are not teaching correctly, when they have been given a misunderstanding of the scriptures, we have to be people who take the time out to study with people and not berate them or make them feel any less of a person. Take the time out to talk to people and help to see where they are. We also see from that third chapter that when the word is preached, it's going to get people to either do one or two things. They're going to stay and try to study more and learn more, or they're going to be done with it. But obviously, when you go to chapter seven, we realize that Nicodemus did not stop there because now Nicodemus sees this Christ and he sees the division that they have that he has among the people because of what he's been teaching. The people, some want to put hands on him, some want to learn more, some wish he wasn't there. But Nicodemus steps up for Christ and exercises what seems to be right. Does our law judge a man before it hears him? So right is right no matter when it is. Right is right. You can't change that. Right is always going to be right. 
Truth has nothing to hide. Love has nothing to fear. Jesus said, sanctify them through my truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. And then the last thing we learn from the last chapter, chapter 19, about Nicodemus. As Nicodemus was not afraid at the end. It, at the end, he showed that he was willing to do something. No doubt the words of our Lord made an impact in his life. It touched him for him to be the one to come to the grave, for him to be the one who says, let us take the body with jo me and Joseph of Arimathea. Let us prepare the body for the burial. Now, if that man didn't believe in Jesus, I don't know why he did all that. If Jesus, was, if Jesus wasn't the Christ, I don't know why he wasted his time doing all that. But it shows that his words, the life of Christ mattered to him. And he put himself in a position to show that he actually cared. No, you say, all oh, that brother for or a man who's only mentioned five times, you got all that out of it? Yes. That's what I see from looking at the scriptures. That's what I see from looking at Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus didn't have to just be in that position that he was in. He could have been done with the Christ after he met with him that night. But he went from being one who was at night to going before people saying, hey, this is him. Let us take care of him. We got to do better as Christians and shedding our, or showing our light and showing that we are not afraid to show the Christ that's living in us. Whether it be you got to stand up to somebody about false doctrine or whether it be godly living or whatever the case may be. Let us be able to say the same thing about you that we said about Nicodemus for the title of this sermon. Look at Nicodemus. And then if we do follow God wholeheartedly, we ourselves can look back and say, look at God and thank you. The sermon is yours. As we extend the invitation, as we always do. It's important when we look at those who are these the biblical accounts that we read and realize again, as I said from the beginning, that these are real people. They were able to go through these things. And because they were able to go through it, guess who I know can go through it? All of us. Because they went through it, I know all of us can endure also. If you have not obeyed the gospel, I hope that you're a good soul like Nicodemus and, be, and, and are willing to listen, to look at the facts, not the feelings, excuse me, to look at the facts of what happens to look at the facts of Nicodemus life and also to look at the facts of what does the Lord say when it comes to matters of your soul. Your soul is very, very, very important. It is not something that should be left up to chance. It is something that you should know without a doubt when you take your last breath where you're going to spend eternity. Heaven is a real place, but just like heaven is real, there's also another place that's real and that place is called hell. They are both existing, but they are not. We as Christians or, or we as people in general should not want to spend eternity in hell. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30.
those sweet words of Jesus. Jesus says, come. That means you have to show forth some action. You have to have that desire. When I look at Nicodemus, I see a man who was desiring. And therefore, he went forward to see what was this teaching about. Therefore, he was able to stand up and say, does our law condemn a man before it even hears him? And he was able to be at the death or when, or to get to the body of Jesus to make sure the proper burial was done. Man, look at that. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Take that yoke of the world off and, and come to the school of Christ and learn of him where he will teach you. You can have rest. You can have peace. You can have joy and everything you need that is getting you prepared to spend an eternity with him. Those are beautiful words of Christ. One can obey the gospel by hearing the word according to Romans 10, 17. After hearing those words, one must believe those words, according to John 8 and verse 24. Believing not just only in a mint from the mental aspect, but believing it enough to take some action and to do something about it. Then one must <clears throat> excuse me, repent of all sins according to Luke 13, 3 and 5, and then confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, according to Matthew 10 and verse 32. And then one must be baptized for the remission of sin, according to Acts 2 and verse 38. It's not a once save, always save. You have to continue to be faithful, even if death comes. Revelation 2, 10, to receive the crown of life. If you are a child of God and you have strayed away, you've not been living faithful as you should, you've not been living the, the life that you know you should be, come back. Because God doesn't want you to perish. He's not willing to he's not willing for anyone to perish. That's why he has made a way for all of us to have life and to have life abundantly. According to John chapter 10. If you need to make things right this evening, please afternoon, please do so as we stand and sing the invitational song. What can